the more that we can do as an industry together, but also bring our customers with us, the better chance we have of changing the world. You know, we're in an absolute crisis right now of climate and community and people will save the world and women are at the heart of all of those family and social groups. Welcome to Good On Purpose. This is a podcast for anyone searching for something more meaningful in their life and work. I'm Nilesha Chauvet, Managing Director of Good, a purpose-driven creative agency working with brands and charities to help make the world a better place. In each episode, I'll be speaking to people who've made a conscious and deliberate decision to give something back. People from all walks of life who represent a new generation of leaders changing and shaping the world today. Listen in as I dig deep to get to the very heart of the story they really want to tell, and most importantly, to understand why they're telling it now. In this episode, I'm talking to Natalie Deacon. Executive Director of Corporate Affairs and Sustainability, President of the Avon Foundation for Women. Set up in 1955, the Avon Foundation runs and supports programs that champion women and contributes over 1.1 billion US dollars to good causes, supporting women and their families to lead safe and healthy lives. I talked to Natalie about some of her motivations and her learnings in the social impact space and her views on how the beauty sector can make a real and tangible difference to women. Natalie, a very warm welcome to Good On Purpose. It's so wonderful to speak to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm joining a long list of alumni who have really inspired me when I've listened to the podcast. So thank you for having me here. Oh, no, it's fantastic to have you. And they are fantastic, aren't they? And and one of the reasons why we wanted to speak to you is because you have this extraordinary legacy of experience and such a breadth of knowledge in many different causes. So we'd love to get your take on some things. I'd love to start with a better understanding of you and how you became a sustainability and social impact professional. So tell me a little bit about how your career started. Thank you. So sometimes I think it's all accidental. And then sometimes I think actually I've purposely gravitated towards this my whole life. I think it's probably a little bit of both. But particularly looking at where I am now, I was brought up by a single mum, you know, lots of really inspiring and strong role models in my life, my mum, my grandmother, my auntie. And I reflect now that I'd always been very interested in women's issues in particular. You know, I remember Mm. even when I was about nine or 10 years old, I remember asking one of my teachers if men or if boys were more intelligent than girls. And he was absolutely, you know, he was so alarmed. You could tell that he was kind of horrified that I'd asked the question um, and wanted to know why. Absolutely. So what do you think prompted that question? Well, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because he wanted to know why I was asking and had somebody told me that. And I look back now because my kids ask me similar questions now. Mm. And I look back on it and of course nobody had told me that. But clearly I'd looked at leadership and the world around me and started to draw the conclusion that somehow men were more successful or women were less equal than men. And then kind of through my 
education. I kind of was always interested in some of these issues. So, you know, I studied A-level French and I you know, wrote my mini dissertation on gender equality. And then when I left university and was looking for a job, bearing in mind I'd studied English, French and politics, I looked around and decided that PR would be a good place to start. And actually went into a very unsexy end of public relations, which was around business to business IT PR. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so actually very male, male dominated. I reflect back on some of my experiences there. And you, know, you can imagine kind of young woman surrounded by lots of men leading IT companies. You know, it's uh, definitely a baptism of fire. But actually, that company had been founded by the most amazing, inspiring woman who had set up her own PR company, kind of become part of the bigger Citygate group. So I look back and I think, well, I kind of gravitated towards this industry, actually, and this company where there's a lot of great women and then, you know, having done 10 years or so in PR, was looking for a new opportunity and ended up at Avon. I went for an interview and I was interviewed by a woman who was then head of marketing, who subsequently became head of Avon UK, head of Avon US, head of, you know, half of the, the Avon world. And uh, I remember thinking, I really want to work for you. And then since then, you know, been part of this amazing company, but also had my own personal journey where I've moved from PR and comms more to brand activism, managing social impact programs, now managing our sustainability agenda. So I've been really lucky. I say a bit of luck, probably a little bit of unconscious gravitation to be doing what I'm doing now. So let's talk about Avon then, because Avon has this extraordinary heritage story founded to provide opportunities for women to earn and learn and essentially to become entrepreneurs. So how would you say the organisation is modernising itself to be relevant to women today? Well, Avon started 1886, 137 years ago, kind of founded on the principle of creating opportunities for women to become micro-entrepreneurs. So our first Avon rep, uh, Mrs. Albee, started selling Avon 20 years before women had the right to vote in the US, a time when you know, I think only 20% of women worked in paid employment. So you think it was this amazing pioneering business model where women sold beauty on their social networks to gain financial independence. And really what we're doing today is transitioning that model. And we, we still have millions of representatives around the world selling beauty through their social networks. How they do that these days is very different. But also I think we are also very conscious of our core purpose and our core business model being around helping to create a better world for women, which is a better world for everybody. You know, women have this amazing ripple effect on their families and their communities around them. So a better world for women is truly a better world for everyone. So really what we're focused on is creating opportunities for women to earn and learn and lowering barriers and challenges to economic participation for women. The beauty of something like Avon is that you can work on your own terms when you want where you want. So you're not confined by that traditional, more patriarchal-led definition of what constitutes work. 
and what constitutes success. Um, yeah, and we have people at every end of the spectrum. Yeah, we have some people that might be doing this as a side hustle. They enjoy it. They're beauty junkies. They're earning a little bit selling to friends and family. At the other end of the spectrum, you've got people who are running multi-million pound turnover businesses you know, who really consider themselves female entrepreneurs. And our, our purpose really is to create this opportunity so that you can you can make it what you want and also look to start reinventing what we think of as work and redefining what we think of as being successful. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think that that's the beauty of the model, isn't it? Because you can participate on your own terms without the pressure that society places upon you. Let's talk about selling beauty then, because that is the business that you're in. How would you say the narrative around beauty has changed over the last, say, 10 years? And and how is Avon responding to that and contributing to that changing narrative? Oh, hugely. I was I just saw for the first time in ages earlier that phrase about give a woman the right lipstick and she can conquer the world. And I was reflecting on it with kind of mixed feelings because of course it isn't about the lipstick. No. It's yeah. about the way it makes you feel and it's about the way you carry yourself. And actually in our context, it's also about actually if I can sell you a product that you want that you know makes you feel great then I can also earn money. So 20% plus of every product price of Avon goes to support women in some way. So it's really got this transformative power. I think beauty as an industry has changed enormously, so much for the better in terms of moving to a much more representative, inclusive definition of beauty and we're really proud at Avon that we're the ultimate democratic beauty brand you know we've never been about people in white coats behind counters we have been about anyone selling and loving and enjoying beauty with their friends whether it's a lipstick whether it's a fragrance that you love whether it's the shower gel that makes you feel great so absolutely beauty is about how you feel but it's also about community and networks and friendships and let's say we are uber inclusive and always have been because we're represented by the people that are are our representatives you know and with five million across the world you can imagine there's a really wide cross-section there. In order to express your purpose then how easy was it for you to as a brand, identify your key areas of impact? And how often does that update and change itself over the years? So it's a great question. On one side, we have the business model. So we have purpose embedded in how we do business because it's all about creating opportunities for women to earn and learn. So Mm -hmm. that's one piece that is always with us that doesn't change. I think in addition to that... There are the issues that we choose to engage around. Certainly speaking out and taking a view around most issues laddering up to gender equality and choice and freedom for women are areas where where we actively choose to play. We also do a lot of work to support two specific issues, breast cancer and gender-based violence. So breast cancer is 
one of the greatest health concerns for women and gender-based violence impacts one in three women worldwide. We have been supporting those causes for decades and we do regularly review. So on a regular basis, we check in with our representatives, with our customers about the resonance of these issues for them. Clearly, with that heritage that we have, so we started our Avon Breast Cancer Promise in 1992, all about um, making sure women know the signs, know the risks and know how to take action. We activate that in over 50 countries. So we have no plans to walk away from that in the near term at all. The gender-based violence work we took on and have been growing steadily over the last couple of decades. In total, we've raised and donated over a billion dollars to both of those causes. Gender-based violence we're really focusing on and are finding increasingly we're able to get more traction and get more attention for the issue because it's an ugly issue for a beauty brand to focus on. And it's an issue that hasn't had the attention that it's deserved um, in the past. So those are our staple issues. One of the other things we look at is how about broader issues? You know, when we're going beyond social impact to environmental impact, for example, what do we do and how do we play there? And there actually we're really clear that social regeneration, supporting women is absolutely fundamental to who we are as a brand it's our core purpose and it's core to our campaigning and our brand. Making sure that we're running our business in the right way from a planet kind perspective, making sure that we are lowering our emissions, helping our representatives to lower their emissions, making sure that we are tackling biodiversity impacts, making sure we're reducing our packaging, all of that stuff we have to do to run a sustainable business in the long term. So some of the areas are about what's about running a sustainable business and then a few chosen areas where we really want to focus and try and make a difference. Yeah, I mean, I think you raise a really important point, which is this conflation of sustainability and purpose, isn't it? Because sustainability is about the compliance and what is expected in terms of governance in how you run a business and become more sustainable. And the purpose is what you do over and above to express the good that you're doing. And it, it feels like you've got a really good balance there because it's so inherent in the purpose. I think one of my questions is around how you express Avon's purpose, given that Avon is part of the Natura & Co family. So you've got other brands like Natura, The Body Shop, how does Avon maintain its distinctive purpose, if at all, within that family of brands? One of the great things about being part of the Natura & Co family is that Avon has a really clear role to play. You know, we are all about women and we're all about social regeneration. It's brilliant for us being part of that group and having some shared sustainability commitments because it also pushes us along in terms of 
environmental sustainability agenda. So the Avon Foundation, let's talk a little bit about that because the foundation was set up in 1955 and has been championing women's causes for over 65 years with a number of different programs from raising awareness to delivering life-saving resources, improving the lives of women and their families. Can you talk me through a signature program that you're particularly proud of? Yes, one of the programs that I am most proud of is around our work to tackle gender-based violence. And this is an issue that I've been working in for 15 years, and it's often really difficult to get attention for it. It's a really unpleasant issue. It impacts one in three women across the world, at least one in four women in the UK, and we're talking physical abuse. And it's really difficult for, for people to face up to that. It's surrounded by a wall of silence. Um, and we had a moment when COVID hit in 2020. And right at the start of the year, we went into lockdown. And across the world, our phones were ringing from our domestic violence and refuge partners to tell us that they were seeing these huge spikes in domestic violence because people were trapped at home, women trapped at home with abusers, clearly a moment in time when tensions were running high and we were seeing three, fourfold increases in calls to the hotlines and the helplines that we support. And it really gave us a moment. So we were able to mobilise really quickly. We were able to find a million dollars worth of funding for our NGO partners. And it was at that point that we really set up a clear network of NGO partners across the world, able to mobilise that really quickly to respond in the moment. So one of the key things around this issue is making sure people know where to go to for help. So we were able to get some high profile opportunities to signpost where to go to for help. So, you know, we're funding the NGOs, but then making sure people know that they're there is absolutely crucial. And doing really clever things like filming makeover type videos and having some messaging in there. So midway through watching a film, which is apparently about how to, you know, kind of change your hair colour, there's a message there explaining that women like you or your friends might be experiencing abuse and this is where they need to go to for help. And really being able to activate and make a meaningful difference in that moment, you know, so quickly. I'm so proud of all of the work the teams did across the world to respond. And how did you go about measuring the impact of those initiatives? In two ways. So from a social impact perspective, we work really closely with the charities that we fund. So there's a clear reporting mechanism there because it's really difficult with social impact. But there's a clear reporting mechanism there where we keep track of how many women are supported by our charity partners. So to date, not just for that campaign, but we know at least 14 million women have received support around the world from one of our NGO partners um, having experienced violence. So there's some specific tracking there. The other thing that we do is keep track, you know, in terms of media coverage, what's the reach on social media, for example, and how many eyeballs do we get on this? Because that awareness piece is really, really important. It's the same for the breast cancer work we do, which is all about 
making sure that women are breast health aware and know what to do and how to take action. So it's really difficult to quantify impact sometimes. And it's so important that we have those metrics from our NGO partners. But the power of communications, you know, you know this better than anybody. (laughs) The power of communications to build awareness and to help people know what action to take is absolutely huge. You know, and when we hear those anecdotal stories that I was looking, you know, I was just buying something from Avon and I saw the pop-up about the boob portal and it reminded me I needed to check my breast. And actually I caught something and I've been treated and I'm in a much better place. You know, when you hear those stories, it doesn't fall into your hardcore metrics, but you know, that's what it's all about. It's about real people who see this and experience it and are able to change their lives for the better. Yeah, absolutely. I often say that good, brilliant communication will change the world. You know, it really, really will. I mean, you can have fantastic initiatives, but if you can't talk about them and you can't make people feel them, then it's really difficult, isn't it? So let's talk about the sector then. What do you think the sector is doing right during this moment in time? And what do you think it's doing wrong? So particularly from an inclusion perspective, I think we are seeing a much broader definition and much broader representation, not exclusively, but I think we're certainly moving in the right direction there. I also think from an environmental perspective, uh, we are seeing a move to new formats and innovations that will really help. So, you know, it's still a little bit downstream, but, you know, including more recyclable content, reducing packaging. You know, I think we have started to move to a place where actually we're already starting to recognise that if a customer picks up a package and they think there's excess packaging, excess cellophane, you know, three layers on the inside, that's no longer seen as a, a mark of luxury, that seems a bit of a disgrace. So I think we're moving forward there. And there's so much more we can do about things like refills and concentrate formulas that help to reduce carbon footprint, help to reduce waste, because there is a huge amount of waste still in this industry. So I think we are moving in the right direction from that perspective. I think the work that we really need to do is to work together much more effectively. You know, there's um, a great uh, Greta Thunberg quote that to change everything, you need everyone. And I think at the moment, there is a danger as everybody's scrabbling to do something. Everybody has great intentions and wants to make a positive difference. We're in this odd moment in the, the sustainability industry, you know, both social and environmental impact, where There are no clear standards. There's no one way of doing everything. So you've got some of these kind of competing and quite confused standards coming through, which then leads to accusations of greenwashing, for example. And part of it is because we're not really clear yet on what good looks like, what are the standards, how do we move there as an industry, so how do we work together more, but how do we bring people with us? Yeah, and we've got such a brilliant opportunity here because we work with women predominantly, you know, and women can change the world. Women have this amazing ripple effect 
and spending power. And if we can start to change some behaviours, whether that's about helping to build their confidence, whether that's helping their financial independence, helping their health, whether it's about reducing the amount of waste they can put into the the waste stream, for example, whether it's about reusing a container. So, you know, we're moving to that sort of refill model. The more that we can do as an industry together, but also bring our customers with us, the better chance we have of changing the world. You know, we're in an absolute crisis right now of climate and community and people will save the world and women are at the heart of all of those family and social groups. So when thinking about the women selling your products and also the women buying your products, how much do the voices of women and in what ways do they help to inform product innovation at Avon? Oh, so the amazing thing is we have uh, R&D teams across the world who are tapped into our local communities of women. And we want to do even more of that, actually. You know, the more we can do around that, the better to make sure that they're really feeding in. So you know, we are really close to our customer and our representative base in terms of the product development side, but also getting feedback. The brilliant thing about having this network of representatives is you've got your community right there. And believe me, they will tell you very clearly if something isn't working for them. So yeah, we've got that direct feedback mechanism to then feed into product development going forward and yeah, to find out how things land with them. So it's really exciting. So we'd love to do even more of that. And you can see some of this amazing co-creation that goes on in this industry. I think there's a huge, huge opportunity to do more there. Natalie Deacon, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on Good On Purpose. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Good On Purpose. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to tune in for more, don't forget to hit subscribe before you leave. We'd love to hear your feedback and your suggestions for future episodes and guests. And you can do that either by getting in touch by email hello at goodagency.co.uk or you can find out more on our website which is www.goodagency.co.uk thanks again for tuning in and hope you can join us next time